Welcome to Manage to Engage, the podcast from clearandopen.com, dedicated to the evolution of you because businesses grow when people do. Serving leaders, managers, and people who will be, helping you reach excellence in your work and achieve your personal goals at the same time. Sign up for the free course at clearandopen.com. At the very edges of where meditation can take you, you can experience yourself as connected to everything. But the closer you get to that everythingness, the more you disappear because there is no you in that everythingness. Hi, it's Joseph, and thanks for tuning in to Manage to Engage, the podcast from clearandopen.com. In the last episode, we went over many of the things that meditation is not and why people often quit when they start approaching the reality of meditation, realizing that you are not your thoughts. Today, we're going to delve into who you are if you're not your thoughts, which we can't do without talking about the ego, both the modern diluted concept of ego and what it actually is. I offer weekly member webcasts, online courses, and mentorship at clearandopen.com because it's my truth that with the right tools, anyone can eliminate the people, money, and time problems holding them back in business. And I share parts of these webcasts and courses on this show because I want to help you too. If you're enjoying the show and learning from it, I'd love your feedback. If you're listening to the show on an Apple device, all you have to do is open the podcast app, view the full description of the episode, and click the link to leave a rating and review for the show. Thanks so much for listening. Let's begin. The way you're describing it makes me feel that um, there's no goal in it. That sort of upsets me in a way. I use the word upsets a little loosely. Yeah. But if there's no goal, then what what, what is it then? Because we, we tend, at least I tend to be very... This is the goal. Relax your mind. Get it done. Next. <laughs> but the way you're describing it is that that is totally not a good thing to to think. Well, I, would, I don't know if I would say anything is totally not a good thing to think. But you raise a really important point, Wael. Thank you. And that is there's a really tricky balance between goal orientation and no goal orientation. Because... A strong goal orientation, like to relax, to clear the mind, to have an insight, to get guidance, to become enlightened, all of those can be such strong goals that what happens is it's sort of like when you're reaching for something in the water and reaching for it pushes it further away. So it's not about having a strong goal, but it's not about having no intention whatsoever either. Because sitting on the couch eating Cheetos is not going to lead to enlightenment. Usually. It could, (laughs) but usually not. I've never heard a documented case of that, but that's not that it couldn't be possible. So, let's see, we got about, got a good amount of time left. So, we're going to come back around to what the point of meditation is by talking about what the ego is. Now, ego... And there's more to talk about or about what meditation is not. 
because like I was beginning to say before, these days, if you, you know, do a quick Google search, you can find a meditation for anything. Meditation for productivity. I saw one on, on the Insight Timer app, which is an open source meditation app that said, uh, meditation for gratitude during COVID-19. Like, okay, that's a brand new meditation, right? That did not exist a couple months ago. So new meditations are created every day. Meditations for, you know, self-acceptance, meditation for getting your next job, meditation for abundance. And it's not that there's anything wrong with those things. It's just that without the understanding of what the purest esoteric purpose of meditation is, all of that will be very distracting. Because meditation can be used for lots of things, but all of those things will be limited if it's not about meditation for awakening, is what I'm offering. You know, if awakening is interesting to you. But I called the course Meditation for Awakening. So if you're here, I'm assuming you're interested in that. It's not called Meditation for Abundance. That's down the hall to the left if you're interested in that. So now we got to talk about what the ego is. Now, ego is the same kind of thing as meditation. There's all sorts of conditioning we have about it. And ego, what ego is depends on the paradigm you're in. Even within psychology, there's, you could probably get a hundred, a thousand, maybe different answers about what that is. And we have ego is in our super interesting look at how that originally uh, psychological term, that terms, I don't know what actually I should look up. Uh, what the Buddha was talking about when he used ego, because that word, of course, did not exist, uh, nor did the psychological concept of ego exist prior to, I don't know, 1885 or something. That was Freud or his teacher, uh, his name was Boyer. But psychology is only 120, 130 years old. So the term ego is trickled down from being psychotherapeutic jargon to being part of our common vernacular. And most of the time when we use the word ego, we mean arrogance, right? Oh, that person's got a lot of ego. They're very self-important, self-centering, narcissistic even. They think, they think they're awesome. They have a lot of ego. And that is a real problem as far as it, it seems to me. That's a dilution of the word. Uh, the same way what happened with unique. You know, unique is a word technically you're not supposed to modify. There's no such thing as very unique because unique is uni, one. This painting is unique. There are no others like it. It cannot be very unique, especially unique, extremely unique. You're not supposed to do that. But now you hear that all the time. 50 years ago, that's not how people use the word. And now there's no word for unique like that. It's the same thing with, you know, when we call you know, the latest song we hear, awesome. Now we don't have a word to say what it looks like when you're on the brink of the Grand Canyon. So the dilution of language, I mean, you can call that awesome too, but you get what I mean. It doesn't quite mean the same. <clears throat> so ego is a term that has diluted quite a lot. And in spirituality, uh, ego is seen as an obstacle. It's seen as a bad thing. Same with the arrogance thing. But in, in general, ego, it's, it's a bad thing and you should have less of it, whatever it is. You know, most people who use the term can't really define it, but you know, you should have less of it and it's a bad thing. But what actually is it? 
And is it something that you need to get rid of? So in order to answer this, let's talk about ego as a phase of development. So do you remember as a baby, do you remember before you got that you were separate from the other people? Do you remember the first time you looked in a mirror and you got that that was you as distinct from someone else? Do you remember that sense of everything being kind of blades of grass in the same breeze because you were just connected with everything? The answer is probably no. Do you know why you don't remember that? Because when you experienced that, there was no separate you to register the experience. That's how that goes. So if you hold a mirror up to a one-month-old, they don't get that it's them. The same way if you hold a mirror up to a cat or a dog, or it seems just about any animal, they don't get that that's them. Why not? Adults get that it's them almost all the time. Sometimes you can surprise yourself, but you get it. That's you. But Every other species on the planet, and our species too, for the first year or so, they don't have what we'll call self-consciousness. They have consciousness, right? A baby is conscious. You know, If you throw water on it, it will get upset. It was conscious of the water. It got that that happened. It's aware, but it's not aware of itself for a little while. So there's a phase of development where we as babies are undifferentiated as individuals. <clears throat> we don't get that we're individuated from everything else. And we generally don't remember what that was like because in order to remember what that was like, there had to be an individuated you capturing the experience. This is why even in rarefied spiritual states, you, strictly speaking, you cannot have a oneness experience. Because if it's truly a oneness experience, there's no you there. There's only the one. You see? So here's an example of where I'm dropping in a very advanced concept in the middle of a beginner thing. That's just how I do things. Um, at the very edges of where meditation can take you, you can experience yourself as connected to everything. But the closer you get to that everythingness, the more you disappear because there is no you in that everythingness. Does that make sense? So what happens for a lot of people in the moments of awakening is you lose consciousness. You're still there and alive, but you lose consciousness because your consciousness becomes consciousness with a capital C that which is all things. And you're undifferentiated from that all, just like we were as babies, but with some significant differences. Thanks for listening to Manage to Engage, the clear and open podcast. Join us next week when you'll be a little bit closer to who you're destined to be. Until then, Know that Clear and Open is dedicated to the evolution of you because businesses grow when people do. If you want to help the show grow, 
I'd appreciate you leaving a rating and review on iTunes. All you have to do is open the Apple Podcasts app, view the full description of the episode, and click the link to leave a rating and review. Or you can go to clearandopen.com slash review, and it will bring you to the right place. If you're looking for more support on your journey, head over to clearandopen.com for even more tools, articles, and free resources. Thanks so much for listening. Bye for now.